Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential people from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I'm so excited to say we have Carl Pei, the CEO and co-founder of Nothing, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Carl, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Are you ready to dive in? I am. I've been preparing for this for a long time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Knock, the most powerful notifications infrastructure you'll never build. So I'm not an engineer, but I've worked with enough engineers to understand that building your notifications infrastructure in-house is... Um, is hard, <laughs> like really hard. It doesn't seem hard at first because we all send texts, but then it's time to go multi-channel. And soon your simple decision trees start to look like a terrifying decision forest and it's getting dark out. But by the time you've weed whacked your way through, your users are clamoring for another comms channel. Luckily, there's a better way. With Knox powerful API, you get a complete product notification system that includes batching, cross-channel delivery, and preference management, so users can choose which notifications they want to be alerted about. Who doesn't love a flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure set up in minutes? Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's not actually their slogan, but it probably should be. Anyway, get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's knock, K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. At the helm of nothing is Swedish entrepreneur Carl Pei, who envisions a future of technology so advanced and integrated in our lives that it simply fades to the background. Carl brings a wealth of experience in successfully launching and marketing global tech companies, such as the multi-billion dollar smartphone brand OnePlus. He has been featured in both Marketing Week's Vision 100 and Forbes 30 Under 30 for his influence on technology and in Fortune's 40 Under 40 list for his business acumen. Carl Pei, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you, Alexis. It's great to be here. Oh, good. It's so great to have you here. I am thrilled to be chatting with you. Let's dive in. Tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? It was sort of this Sunday. So I got asked a really difficult question by a potential investor. And I told okay. him that I would I would meditate on it and then get back to him. So my intention was go to one of the parks here in London and, and, and do so. But then I had work to do. So I spent it in the office and then I kind of sat on the balcony for a bit and meditated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. You're like, well, I was going to work and then instead I worked. <laughs> Yeah. What's your favorite park in London? I've actually not been to any parks for, for a very long time. I'm ashamed to admit this, but there's two parks, one a bit south and one a bit north. I was going to go to the one to the north. That sounds great. Are you a big parks person? Do you find being around nature restful? I find being around nature really rejuvenating. I think, you know, every once in a while, being out in the forest, going hiking, uh, that feels really good. Yeah. Before I used to live near Hyde Park, going running there was so nice. Hyde Park is beautiful. I would never travel more than 15 minutes to go to a park, though. It sounds like a, a big commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Maybe with the exception of some of the giant national parks we have in the U.S., 
Like, for example, Yosemite or the Grand Canyon. There are things that are these, like, big, epic vistas. That's worth traveling for. Yeah, I was going to mention Yosemite. I rented a car once from uh, San Francisco. Drove with a friend to Yosemite. Stayed a night there. Got the guided tour. Super nice. Yosemite is one of my favorite places in the entire world because my best friend Mara took me there on a camping trip, and it was gorgeous. Yep, and uh, as an Apple fanboy, you know, Apple used to name their OS releases. Oh, right. (laughs) Different things in California, including Yosemite. That's right. Okay, so tell me this. Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? I was a big fan of Backstreet Boys when I was younger. And it felt like Backstreet Boys had a song for every emotional state you could possibly be in. So if you were sad, (laughs) that one Backstreet Boys song, and when you were happy, think a girl is cute. Like there's always that one song you can listen to. Yeah. So no matter what, there was a Backstreet Boys song for that. These days, I think Backstreet Boys is still making their comebacks now and again at karaoke. Yes, I think you're right. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? Believe it or not, it's Juicy by Biggie Smalls. I believe that. That's a great jam. Yeah. Do you like karaoke? Are you a karaoke person? I can hang out at karaoke's, but it's not my favorite place. But once in a while, it's fun, you know, to make a fool out of yourself and have a few drinks among friends. Yes. But I know a couple of songs I can, uh, I'm not going to embarrass myself on. (laughs) I was in Tokyo recently. You've seen this movie, Tokyo Drift? Actually, I haven't. It's a part of the Fast and Furious series. Right. And one of the movies was in Tokyo. Weird situation, but I, I was in the same karaoke room as one of the rappers for the theme song of Tokyo Drift. Oh, no way. Yeah. So we rapped Tokyo Drift together. What? That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Did you select his song and then you both rapped it? Yeah, I'm like, we're in karaoke and there's a song that you were on. Should we do it? He said yes. Wow. That's very bold. Were you nervous to ask him that? No, we kind of know each other. He runs a fashion brand called Ambush these days. He was showing us around Tokyo a bit, uh, taking us out for dinner. And just all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, we're in the karaoke. We should definitely do that song. Nice. That's awesome. What is something that you're really good at? It would surprise most people to learn about you. I think I can drink a bit more than people expect. (laughs) Before coming to London, uh, we already had a small team here. When they heard I was going to come, somebody was like, hey, let's go get drinks. Like, do you like it? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I don't get drunk that often. Yeah. Uh, he's like, for sure. Oh, yeah, let's try you out, you know? So it sounded like a challenge. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that definitely sounds like a challenge. And the guy who challenged me was the first guy to leave that night and couldn't even finish dinner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you won, basically. Yeah. I mean, I just did my thing, enjoyed my dinner, uh, had a few drinks. Um, yeah. Some people left early. Yeah. And then uh, we went to karaoke with the team. Wow. I love the way that you described that because you're totally taking the high road in that moment. You said some people left. (laughs) Hey, can't name names. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? I had this idea, and I still think it's a good idea, to start a mezcal brand. You know, you know this kind of uh, drink called mezcal? Of course. I think I, I saw this interview by the founder of Patron, this premium tequila brand. I think okay. he sold it for, for a billion dollars or something crazy like that. Yeah. And his insight was, you know, tequila is quite a good beverage, but there wasn't any brand to, to go to if you wanted a, like a premium experience. And I think Ooh, okay. we're at the beginning of kind of the mezcal revolution. You know, um, a couple of years ago, hmm. me and my friend had a barbecue. And so we went to the liquor shop and what kind of mezcal do you have? Yeah. 
and they started talking about hey this little kind of this brand comes from this place this brand comes from that place we were so confused because they all came from these small regional kind of mom and pop operations in mexico and we had no yeah. idea what to choose so we we're like hey let's just get the most expensive bottle yeah yeah when in doubt when in doubt so i think there's a lot of opportunity in that space and it helps that i kind of like the beverage as well yeah and you can drink it which is great exactly i really like mezcal to sip do you sip mezcal or do you like it in mixed drinks uh to sip i think it's a good whiskey replacement like it's kind of smoky Oh, yeah. There's some Japanese whiskeys that have that particularly smoky taste to them. Yeah. Japanese whiskeys are uh, great, but all the vintage ones have been bought by collectors now. So it's super expensive. Mm, okay. Well, then it sounds like we need you. It sounds like we need your mezcal brand. I think the world needs me more doing nothing. <laughs> I think you're probably right, but I'll still be there for the first tasting. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I keep that in mind. Perfect. Okay, Carl, what's the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something really inconsequential that you would totally go to bat for. I can see issues pretty quickly. So one example would be mm. like in graphics design. If one pixel is off center, yes. I can tell that immediately. Like if copy is a little bit off right. or a product is a little bit off. I think I have OCD, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, to fight for it because I think it's a better outcome for, for the consumer experience. I totally get that. I feel like what you're describing is the equivalent of having perfect pitch, but for graphics. Do you know what I mean? Where mm. you can tell exactly what's off. Yeah, I think so. I hope uh, people are not too annoyed by that. I me. really relate to that, honestly. I think that about myself like 30 times a day. <laughs> Have you ever like tried to let it go and then been like, that was the wrong choice? Yep, I always regret it when I let it go. Mm. So you realize, though, that this means my expectations for what the label of this mezcal bottle looks like have just gone up so high. Mm -hmm. And the website and the Instagram feed. Yeah, and the website and the Instagram feed. <laughs> yep. Okay, just letting you know that at least in my mind, the bar is high right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you have any truly useless talents? Only super useless ones, like, you know this magic trick where you, where you pretend that your thumb is, like, broken? Yes, I do know that. <laughs> it really sucks, though, so super useless. Okay, I would say yes. That is not the most useful talent, but tell me this, have you ever used it? I feel like that entertains kids. Yeah, I used it to entertain my little sister when she was younger. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it was useful at one point. How much younger is your sister? 12 years. So quite a bit. Oh, that's quite a bit younger. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm sure you could do all kinds of magic tricks. Yeah. She's helping me with insights into Gen Z. Let's put it, let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> that's awesome. That's helpful. Everybody needs a Gen Z whisperer. Yeah, definitely. I think I feel more and more like a boomer. So I'm like being very cautious these days of what I say and write. Ah, in some ways, I am having the opposite reaction to it, where I am sort of like embracing how I sound and refusing to change it. <laughs> I think that's probably the healthy way. Okay. <laughs> My way is probably the shareholder value driving way <laughs> for our shareholders. Okay, got it. That's a really good point. Well, next time I have a question about which emoji I should be using instead of the crying laughing emoji, your sister's going to be the one. Mm -hmm. Watch out. A lot of the emojis just got canceled. Oh, God. Oh, God, Carl. This is tough news. Okay, tell me this. What's your most childlike habit? My most childlike habit is probably that I play a lot of uh, games. 
play all types of games, but but recently it's like mobile gaming. Okay, like what? There's a mobile version of this really popular game called League of Legends. Yeah. I was really good at League of Legends when I was younger, and now I'm quite good at the mobile version. Oh, cool. So it's a way to tap into something that you did when you were younger, but in a way that's a little bit more convenient. Because isn't League of Legends typically a PC game? It's typically a PC game, but it works really well on the mobile, and it just feels so good when you kind of own the other people on the other team. (laughs) So is League of Legends you play against other people live, or is it just a single player? It's live. It's five versus five. It's like a team game. You... You destroy the, the base on the other side, and the other side tries to destroy oh, your base. What type of role are you in that moment? Are you like the leader of the team? Do you hang back? Are you just like a good soldier? I'm the troll. I play the most annoying roles. <laughs> My character can go invisible and just pop up next to you, or can place a invisible bomb that you just accidentally step on and which kind of kills you. Oh my god. So the most annoying type. I just feel an immense pleasure when I get to kill another person's character and also know that the other person yep. got it, got like really annoyed by that. <laughs> it's not enough that you're winning. It's you need the other people to be annoyed as well. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> a troll. Are you a troll in real life too or just in League of Legends? I am probably a troll in real life by nature, but because of my job, I need to act normal. (laughs) I haven't told people for a long time. Okay. Wait, did you used to? Yeah, in school, I think I did a lot of that. Maybe Mm. it's called bullying, but yeah, I think I did some of that. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Have you done any wholesome trolling? Wholesome trolling. Is that a thing, do you think? I feel like you can be a wholesome troll. Please enlighten me. How how can I be a wholesome troll? Well, I'm just thinking about it because it's like, I think if the desired outcome is that somebody in your life is like miffed, like if we're just going for miffed, a little annoyed, then I think there are ways to do that that are not necessarily harmful and could even be described as wholesome. I'm trying to think of a good example of this. <laughs> Not that I can think of. I would probably do some form of shit posting on Twitter as wholesome Okay, trolling. like a burner account? Or the main account. Or the main? <laughs> yeah, just to, um, if somebody asks a question that it's like really they shouldn't have asked. I think it's wholesome in the sense yeah. that we're, we're guiding them to a, you know, a better and smarter way of asking questions. <laughs> Carl, I think that's very generous. <laughs> Do you wish you could shit post more? I wish I had better shit posting talent than I have, but I think, mm. you know, as with all things in life, you can learn. I really agree. Okay, but are do you feel like you are not reaching your shitposting potential because of the constraints of your job or because of the constraints of your skill set? Both. But because I spend a lot of mm-hmm. time on other aspects of my job apart from shitposting, that's why I feel like yeah. I don't have enough time to invest into learning how to get better quickly. That makes sense. And I do feel like there are many people who are probably very happy to hear that from you. You know what I mean? Like, I think it sounds like you're probably making the right choice. I'll be at the slightly less fun choice. That's why we need to get in on this wholesome trolling. I think you and I can make this happen. Mm-hmm. I even have these kind of plans of pre-coordinated kind of flame wars with other people on Twitter, but okay. I don't have time to coordinate those. But actually, like, I think the best brands need to be built with strong personality. So I'm not sure it's it's bad for for Mm. people like our shareholders. Hmm, that's very interesting. Did you say a flame war? Flame war, yeah. It's maybe internet speak from the the 90s. It means (laughs) you just kind of trash talk each other for, for very petty things. Okay. Is that something that would go down in the League of Legends live chat? 
Yeah, or on uh, on Twitter or on any online social forum. Okay. I've never partaken in a flame war. Have you heard about keyboard warriors? No. Okay. So people behind a keyboard who get really uh, passionate about somebody being wrong on the internet and just, they just have to correct them. Like, like that's a common uh-huh. way of how a flame war would start. Ooh, okay. All right. Have you ever started a flame war? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you play online games, so I haven't done that in, in a long time when I was young and yeah. playing these competitive online games. You also want to psych the other team mentally, right? So you yeah, not only want, you want to kill their character in the game, but you also want to make them angry and annoyed so they play even worse. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. You would flame them after killing them. Or while, while killing them. Okay. All right. That makes sense to me. It sounds like gaming was a big part of your life growing up. Is that true? Yeah. I spent many hours in uh, in games, online games. Did you ever make any friends from gaming? I played games with my real life friends. So, in, so like in high school and we would uh, talk about games in school and then we would play when we were home. That's really fun. Other than League of Legends on your mobile phone, what game would you say you play the most now? Probably Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike is a first-person shooter. Also, you fight the other team. So either you're on the terrorist team or you're on the counter-terrorist team. And if you're a terrorist, you gotta you gotta bomb stuff or uh, get hostages. And if you're on the counter-terrorist team, you gotta do the opposite: stop the terrorists from bombing the site or rescue the hostages. Sure, got it. It sounds like an intense game. It is. Like like you're really kind of uh, battling on uh, reaction speed. Like a fraction of a second will make or break your team. Okay, different question for you. What is the most memorable gift you've ever given? I surprised my parents with an apartment in Stockholm, in central Stockholm. Um, oh my years ago. God. Yeah. What? That's incredible. That's like an episode of HGTV. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I've been quite busy with work. I work a lot. Maybe I wasn't that thoughtful about how to keep the communication lines open with my family. So I think yeah. there was a point in time where my parents felt like I just didn't really care about them. Mm. All of a sudden, I surprised them. So they understood that, you know, despite being busy and maybe not being that thoughtful mm. about communication, they still mean a lot to me. That's so sweet. Did you decorate it or did you give it to them empty so that they could decorate it? I kind of just made the money happen and they bought it and did everything else. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's good. I feel like people's design aesthetic can be so different from one person to another, even within a family. So I think it's good that they got to do it. Yeah, I think, no, they're they're super happy there. It's very central. You can walk everywhere in Stockholm. And I stay there whenever I'm in Stockholm. It also benefits me. Oh, that's beautiful. I love giving gifts when you know that the other person is really going to enjoy it and use it for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Okay, tell me this. What chapter of your life would you say would make the most interesting movie plot? I think it's this current chapter, at least. Oh, yeah? It's the most intense so far. Okay. What would the movie be like? I think Elon Musk said something like, starting a company is like staring into the abyss and chewing glass. I think (laughs) I really resonate with that quote now. People say it's not fun, it's not glamorous, and you know, I I understand Mm. now. So it would Mm. be like, things that look really glamorous, like going to very exclusive parties, meeting celebrities, yeah. meeting artists, but then also kind of uh, staying awake at night, wondering how everything's going to work out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it can't all be rapping the Tokyo Drift theme song in a karaoke room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A lot of things are happening right now. So it's definitely mm. the most eventful period of my life to base a movie That's on. That's very cool. What do you think the soundtrack would be like? The soundtrack would be uh, juicy again. 
He raps about his life, right? Okay, so that song, I think, could open the film. He raps about his life, how he was selling drugs, and uh, then uh, he became a rapper, and uh, he's taking care of his friends and family, and people who used to yeah. ignore him now want to talk to him. Yeah, so that seems relevant. Yours may be a little bit more like you used to troll people, and now you're not. <laughs> now you're building a company. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we need to modify the lyrics a bit. We'll do a remix. Mm-hmm. We'll get your rapper friend on it. That'd be fun. Yeah, maybe Weird Al Jankovic. Uh, yes! Oh my God, that would be hilarious. What TV character would you say you're the most similar to? I really resonate with Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you got to catch them all? Got to catch them all. Normal kid, <laughs> goes on a big adventure, uh, meets yep. huge challenges in the beginning that later... When looking back, mm. don't seem like huge challenges. Uh, you got to assemble a team, catch some Pokemon, catch them all. Yep. Um, yep. You got to train the team. <laughs> I think I really resonate with that. Like that underdog. That's great. Story where perseverance ultimately makes you a Pokemon master. Yeah. And instead of catching a Pikachu, you're catching a graphic designer with a perfect eye for uh, <laughs> pixel width. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's cool. Did you play Pokemon the game? Yeah, you know, that's how I lost my eyesight. I used to have really good eyesight. And then uh, one summer, I was I bought Pokemon Blue. And I just played all summer. Mm. I got fat. And then I also lost my eyesight. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Because you were looking at the screen too much? Yeah, I was a kid. So my, eye, my eyes were still kind of developing. And then I was just on the screen the oh entire day for like a couple of months. Was that a Game Boy? What, what console? Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color. Oh, my God. What color did you have? Oh, that's interesting. I had the translucent uh, one with uh, light purple tint. That's what I had. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yes. That's yeah. the exact same one that I had. That was the best one. Yeah. I mean, you know, great minds think alike. I couldn't agree more. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us now. <laughs> yeah. from, from using transparent so cool. electronics to making transparent electronics. Yes, that's true. Wow. It all comes full circle. All, all comes full circle. The dots connect. Um, I loved, I played a lot of Tetris on mine. Mm-hmm. I played Tetris too. Yeah? Yeah. But I wasn't that good. Were you good? Yes. But whenever I play Tetris, even now, I get fully addicted to it again. Do you have any games like that where if you play it once, you're like, oh, and I'm addicted? League of Legends mobile version. If you play a game, if you win, you're like, oh, I won. It's so cool. I got to play another one. If you lose, you're like, I can't stop playing just at a loss. I need to win before I stop playing. Mm. There's always a good excuse to keep going. That's a good point. But that's the thing about Tetris is that, yes, you can technically win, but you can keep getting better and better. That's what I really love about it. Well, and I like just organizing all the little pieces. I love that game. Definitely one of my favorites too, but I'm just not that good. As soon as it gets fast, I, I, I give up. I get dizzy. I actually think, I guess I won't prejudge this before it comes out of my mouth. Embarrassingly, it's something I've said before, though I don't think on the podcast, which is that I kind of relate what I love so much about Tetris to what I love so much about working at small startups, which is that Tetris gets the most fun when you might lose. Mm-hmm. You know, when something goes wrong, you put a piece in the wrong place, you you make a mistake, and then the stakes are higher. That's the biggest adrenaline rush moment of the game. And then you fix it, you get rid of it. You're like, okay, good. All right. Back to clearing my lines, back to clearing my lines. And then it happens again. You're like, whoa, okay, mm-hmm. got to do it again. And that is what I feel like it was like working at a tech startup. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a, that's a cool analogy. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, the it's challenging and it's stressful. But I guess making that mistake and then being able to clear it up, you know, it feels super good. Feels so good. Exactly. Oh, wow. I'm totally going to get back into Tetris after this recording, which is going to be bad for my productivity, but good for my happiness. Okay. Tell me this. Speaking of old tech, if you could bring back one piece of technology or a gadget, what would it be? I really, really loved the first iPod. Um, I got it as soon as it came out and it was such a flex, you know, in junior high where nobody else had oh, it. Yeah. Other kids started buying the second generation and the, and, the, and the third generation. The first one was really hard to buy. Like in Sweden, there weren't a lot of distributors uh, for that product. And oh yeah, the port was not even USB. It was some kind of proprietary Firewire port. So you had to upgrade and mod your computer to, to, to you know, even be able to connect. But And there were other MP3 players at that time. And, and there were also other hard drive mp3 players at that time but i just felt the Mm. ipod was put together in such a magical way it just it just works and the way you scroll through all your songs it's just through the uh, circular wheel it's it's so intuitive and so different from what everybody else was doing yeah it was so nice that was nice and you couldn't get distracted on it because it was just there for one purpose yeah, but there were actually uh, ways of modding it and installing uh, alternative operating systems so you can install games and stuff. Oh, as well. really? Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. What did you install? I've forgotten, but I remember, I don't know what it's called. It's probably not called jailbreaking, but I, I, I think I hacked it and uh, started playing yeah. around. That's so cool. How old were you when you did that? I think the iPod came out when I was 12 or 13. Yeah, that feels right. Wow, that's very cool. That's pretty young to be jailbreaking an iPod, especially back then. I've been really interested in in these kind of things since I was a kid. So uh, it was just fun for me. That makes sense. Well, um, what's the most surprised you've ever been? How should I put it? Oftentimes, I would, maybe even once a day, I would be like, wow, is this for real? Sitting in the office, seeing Mm. people there and uh, believing in what we're trying to do. Some people took a lot of risk to join us and then getting to meet people who are way smarter, way more experienced than me and getting help from them. I Mm. think it feels Mm. quite fake sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's wobbling between this is normal and this is like so surprising on on a daily basis. Yes, totally. Do you ever think we're in a simulation? I think it's really hard to argue against it. Yeah. Have you seen how good the AI generation of images have become? Yes. And just in a span of a couple of months, right? So in the beginning, it was like, haha, cute, but it, you know, it doesn't really look like anything. And then half a year later, yep. it was like, wow. And then suddenly. Now it can generate video and it's getting yep. quite good as well. And we have some VR technology, although it's still pretty rudimentary. I mean, where things are heading, like, it's very hard to make the argument that this is not a, not a simulation. Hmm. How do we feel about that? Do you think? I don't feel anything about that because there's nothing I can I can do about it. Yes, there's nothing we can do. I've had really tough times in my career. So I've kind of studied a lot of philosophy from Buddhism mm. to Stoicism. So mm. I am quite good at uh, not getting stressed out and, and externalizing a lot of these problems. So if I can't really influence something, I tend not to dwell on it too much. That's a massive strength. That's an incredible talent. Sometimes it, uh, I can't find that talent, but but usually, like most of the times, I can find yeah. it. Yeah, 
What's the philosophy concept that blew your mind the most? If I had to pick one, it's realizing what death means. We all kind of know mm. it from an intellectual perspective. It's kind of going to happen and mm -hmm. it's theoretical. But if we really realize what it is, then I think mm. we would act differently and live life differently and be much more courageous. Mm. Okay, I'm going to think about that. It got really deep. Sorry about that. Please. I love to get deep. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Knock, flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure that's built to scale with you. Take notifications off of your engineering roadmap and get back those resources, baby. And by resources, let's be real. We mean time and money. Building notifications infrastructure in-house takes time and time is money. And that money could be spent on way better stuff like, um, Podcast ads, for example, that's just, I don't know, that's just the first thing that came to mind. Knox powerful features include pay as you go, no upfront fees, and no infrastructure setup required. Created to handle even the most complex notifications use cases, Knox is built for scale and resiliency to power your enterprise. Knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> it's a powerful API that lets you engage users, power cross-channel workflows, and manage notification preferences. I cannot believe it. Ad copy approved. Get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. And we're back with Carl Pei, the CEO and co-founder of Nothing. Carl Pei, we've arrived. We have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah. I love that. See, that's that courageousness we're talking about. We have arrived at the lightning round. Okay. So my first question for you is coffee or tea? Coffee. Black. Every day? Every single day. Me too. Hot or iced? When it's cold outside, hot. And when it's uh, hot outside, iced. Your typical yin and yang situation. I drink hot coffee pretty much all the time. The only time I have a cold brew is if it's the second coffee of the day and it's the summer. Mm. <laughs> I have a lot of qualifications. <laughs> do you have a favorite board game? We talked a lot about video games, but do you have a favorite board game? Probably chess. <gasps> really? Yeah, although I'm also really bad at that. How did you get into that? Me too. Wait, me too. We should play. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I don't remember. I think it, because it came pre-installed on some computer. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah. But like a chess board in real life and uh, yeah. When I'm bored, I'll play with friends. You play in real life or you play on like a chess.com? I play in real life. I don't want to play online because I don't know if the other person is playing for real or they're using like a, they're using they're AI using. to play against me. I know. I get that. In my experience, I pretty much only play online and I've never felt that concern because you get matched with people who are similar to your ranking. Because I would totally be that guy that uses the AI to play against you. So that's why I'm kind of protecting Carl, against no, myself. that is unjust. <laughs> <laughs> that is not wholesome trolling. That is regular trolling, and I don't support it. <laughs> when we play, we're going to have to play on video chat. <laughs> we need a moderator. <laughs> yeah, or, or, in, or in real life. Or in real life, or in real life. Next time I'm in London. Have you ever read a book twice? Yes. There's two books on Steve Jobs. I read them. I keep reading them. So mm. I don't know how many times now, but yeah. maybe four or five times each. Uh, both both uh, reading and, and the audiobook. And audio, okay. Which which experience did you prefer, reading or listening to the audiobooks? When I want to derive some insight, it's from reading. If I want to put on an audiobook to help me fall asleep, it's the audiobook. Mm. 
Yes, that resonates. Do you have a pump up song? Yeah, I do. It's kind of embarrassing, it? but it's uh That's fine. Backseat Freestyle, Kendrick Lamar. Why is that embarrassing? That's a great song. The lyrics are quite interesting. Okay, fair. But Kendrick is a genius, a poet. Yeah, he is. He was just playing around with that song. Let me ask you this as my one of my final questions for you. So we talked a little bit earlier about emojis. What is your most used emoji? It's um, unfortunately an emoji that apparently has been canceled by Gen Z. It's crying, laughing emoji. Yeah, that one did. It got the axe from, from Gen Z. But okay, but it, I think you can still just use it. They're not watching. Yeah, I think I'm going to use it without them knowing exactly. I support <laughs> you. I think we should all just be using the emojis we want to use. Yeah. Be our true emoji selves. You know, we can't just become irrelevant as millennials. We got to fight back. <laughs> I guess the reason that I don't want to change what emoji I use for that reason is that it's like a, an endless cycle. It's a hedonic treadmill of current cool emojis. Like, I'm never going to know what the coolest one is. So I'm just going to use the ones that I want. Okay. I mean, let's do that. Let's uh, make a pact. Keep using our emojis. Okay, good. All right, you and me. Carl, this has been so fun. I'm so glad that we had the chance to sit down and chat today. Thank you so much for coming on Non-Technical. Thank you. I'm glad we did this. Have a good day. Oh my gosh, me too. Oh, wait, wait. Where can people find more about you? Um, you can check out my Twitter account. It's Get Paid, but it's P-E-I-D instead of P-A-Y-E-D. Fabulous. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or at Non-Technical Pod on all three of those places as well. Carl, one more time. I'm so excited to stay in touch and play chess and hopefully see you soon. See you soon. I'll send you an emoji after the this call. <laughs> Perfect. I wonder which one it's gonna be. Okay, have a great day. Bye. All right. Bye bye.